welcome to Us Outspoken. Thank you for giving our podcast a listen, and we hope you enjoy. You're joined here today by Gabby, Chris, and Matea, and we're going to be talking about cancel culture. So, cancel culture is certainly a hot topic over the recent years. Recently, we've seen a lot of public figures, be it influencers or politicians, being canceled over situations ranging from breaking quarantine rules to sexual assault allegations. To start off, let's define cancel culture first. Um, I want to ask you two, Matea and Chris, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when people say cancel culture? So for me, when I hear the word cancel culture, uh, from my understanding is the the action of uh, canceling someone uh, for doing something that's not acceptable in society and trying to make them change their views or make them a better person, more or less. Right. Uh, what about you, Matea? Um, for me, I think it's since, uh, since cancel culture has really, really, really taken over the internet. I think it's a, it's a way for people online all over like as world citizens as like citizens of the internet and things like that like they're this is their way of getting people who have done things that are not necessarily socially acceptable into taking responsibility it's like asking people who have made mistakes for accountability i guess that's like the simplest way i'd put it Mm, that's true that's true um and both of your defi- uh, def- sorry both of your definitions are relatively correct right it's to i guess deplatform someone who has done controversial things and you know taking accountability for their controversial actions mm-hmm. so according to vox it's basically to um end a person's career or revoke their cultural cachet whether through boycotts or um disciplinary action from an employer Um, And when it comes to talking about this, we've definitely seen so much controversy that questions arise. Mm -hmm. Is the idea of cancel culture actually effective in, you know, harnessing personal development within a person? Meaning to say, does it actually work? And if it does, when do we cancel people? What draws the line in canceling someone? That is what we're going to discuss today. Uh, We're going to dive deep into this hot topic of cancel culture. So... To start off, we know that over the past couple of years, I can predict that at least one of our idols or influencers have been cancelled by the internet, right? It's such a disheartening feeling, and it generally sucks knowing that people that we once looked up to Mm -hmm. are controversial in various ways, that they're deplatformed, just like that. This often leads to the great debate of whether we can separate art from the artist. So, Matea, Chris... Has any one of your idols been canceled? Well, uh, come to think about it, I actually have a case that's very near and dear to my heart. And it's quite, it, it happened kind of recently, too. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, so I'm going to talk about uh, J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling. And she's a case that I feel like is very near and dear to my heart. Um, if you guys don't know who J.K. Rowling is, she's uh, in which I doubt that you don't. Uh, she's the ultra-mega-famous actor. Actor. <laughs> no, she's the... She's basically... She's the author behind Harry Potter and the Wizarding World. And uh, she's very influential in not only her, her, in, like, in, her, uh, in her literary subculture in which it's like fantasy and children's literature, but she's like a classic for us all. And I grew up with her books. 
Um, and I think for Harry right. Potter, she became mm-hmm. like at some point she became a billionaire, and uh, she has like a really massive following. There are a lot, a lot of Potterheads in this world. And um, what happened recently is that she got canceled um, by some Harry Potter fan sites because uh, she tweeted some really, really transphobic things on her personal Twitter account. And instead of apologizing, she she actually wrote another essay that tried to explain her tweets and right uh of course that didn't really work out as planned you know because you don't try to explain something that sounds bigoted you know and people are just gonna cancel you more after that and so uh so harry potter really did resonate with a lot of fans like while while they were growing up and me included because it, the message that it spread like things about like love and accepting a lot of people that was really empowering and a lot of people grew up with it and they grew up to be active members of the LGBTQ plus community so seeing transphobic and really bigoted tweets on her account like really really broke our hearts and so the question is now like mm-hmm. Is, is this, is how, like, to what extent can we still enjoy Harry Potter and the wizarding world without directly benefiting its author and creator with, like, who has, like, a huge potential to harm a lot of people with her platform? Right. Yeah, pretty much the entire debate of, like, separating, you know, the art like, yeah, from the artist. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yep, that's true. I think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. personally, the... Uh, it's very important for us to be able to separate the art from the artist, and which in this case is, of course, like J.K. Rowling and the Harry Potter mm-hmm. series of books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very important because uh, for me personally, at least the way I see it, is that uh, art uh, actually existed in a different dimension than what is it in art, in which uh, I don't think we should really use uh, the personality of the authors to actually influence how we judge their artworks or in this case maybe their books mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like uh, in a way that authors are human beings like all of yeah. us of course and mm-hmm. I think uh, we we need to actually really understand that like other human beings they are not free from their own prejudices and personal beliefs and as such, we can't really hold what they believe in against them. And as such, I think it's very important for us to have an open mind when it comes to judging art and make it really independent from who actually wrote yeah. it. I see, I, see, right. I see what you mean because right yeah. now, Harry Potter is like its own kind... Harry Potter and the Wizarding World is kind of its own... It's kind of its own like being, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you can... It's its own franchise. Not not its own franchise, but it's like this this thing is so huge that a lot of the times you kind of just see it as it is. You don't really look at the author behind it, but it's like, but right. when you first grow up with the books and like before like the movies were made and things like that, you kind of see that there the author is really attached. Like there is a personality behind these books, and that often is attributed to like J.K. Rowling herself, you know, and. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's so difficult for fans to suddenly say, to 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 have to let go of J.K. Rowling as like their favorite author and things like that, because right. uh like the rhetoric is that you can't like you can't necessarily like Harry Potter without it directly benefiting J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, 
for for me personally, I think it really depends on the platform of like the artist itself. You know, J.K. Rowling, she has a large mm-hmm. platform, and when we say like, when we say that we support Harry Potter, we're not just I guess we're not just supporting her, but we're also supporting you know editors, lots of other like public her even I don't know publicists like people that she works with because she has such like that's that's true she has like um like tons of people helping her around as well and like tons of people working mm-hmm. you know for let's say Harry Potter or like some for other books, um, but I guess it also differs because what if you're like a writer but you have a small platform you know, um there's like this one saying that I think it was by the New York Times they said that. Um, celebrities are actually the easiest people to target, but the, they're actually the hardest people to cancel. Mm. And like, I completely like understand that because you know, if you're a celebrity, you're already, um, I guess, like backed up and supported by this multi-million-dollar um, like work that you do, and you're you you're you're sort of like sorry, the backbone to like a lot of the future, you know, you know, future creative works that other people do as well. Yeah. Um, and it's just. I guess it is like hard to cancel people who are already, you know, established as something. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I think I definitely agree with uh, what Gabby was saying, uh, because definitely cancel culture actually impacted those who are not established yet as artists or creators harder than right. those who are actually established, like yeah. J.K. Rowling, for instance, uh, because yeah. definitely people like J.K. Rowling, they're artwork or like their works basically are so well known and so good to a point where Mm -hmm. the majority of people would still buy it regardless of what what she or the author said about about something like yeah about something sensitive yeah definitely about something sensitive on the other hand i guess people that are not very established yet to have a smaller fan base they would definitely be impacted Mm -hmm. more by it and i think uh to a certain extent, this is actually quite a big problem because uh, especially those people who are still uh, notably small compared to J.K. Rowling and the establishment, so mm-hmm. to speak, right. uh, actually depended much more on on their work of arts being like seen or being bought by other people, while people like J.K. Rowling, yeah. who have mm-hmm. a lot of capital, may actually have other source of income. Yeah, she's like, J.K. Rowling had... Because like because at this point like you're canceling JK we're canceling JK Rowling like um already several like several decades into her career. She's had time to like set out her like spread out her money that she's earned from her books and like movie royalties and everything into separate business ventures maybe that like that has like further solidified like her status as um someone with a lot of influence in uh not just in books and publishing but in a lot of other places as well. She has, as far as I know, she also has, like, a lot of say in, like, how her work is being used outside, you know, like, you know, licensing and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I I definitely understand why it's more difficult to take J.K. Rowling, like, off her pedestal and, like, mm-hmm. and make her take accountability for what she said, you know, because, like, if book deals fall through and everything, she's a, she has a lot of other things that she can turn to and she, she'd still be fine. Right, you know? that's true. Um, and I feel like when it comes to canceling someone, usually, like, the key terms here that we're looking for is, like, to take... Rep- to... Wait, how do I say this? To, like, deplatform people, right? In terms of, like, mm-hmm. their reputation or perhaps their employment. And I think 
if we're talking about the situation of J.K. Rowling, you know, she still has a reputation. She's still employed. Yeah. Is she actually canceled, right? If she's yeah. just being insulted by majority of, like, the Potterhead community, like, does that actually mean that she's canceled? So there's a lot of things to, like, think about. And I feel like this can also, like, lead to another discussion of, like, where is the line in deplatforming your idols and influencers, right? Like, what gives us the right to cancel someone? Mm-hmm. Yep. So what do you guys think about this? I think the line for this is actually very blurred, to be honest with you, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, that's however, exactly I, it. I, I think there's uh, one fine line which we could really see in which uh, whether the actions of these artists or like whether it being author, artist, or anything, uh, whether their action actually promoted violence against other groups of people that they are targeting or that they have prejudices against. I think when it comes mm-hmm. to promoting violence or inciting hatred, fear, and anything else that comes along with it, I think then that's the mm-hmm. time when we we should really deplatform someone. Or I think even more, especially in cases where a crime is committed, then I think yeah. in that case, then there's really no way of defending the person, especially if they're actually convicted of something. Yeah. So. Right. Right, that's true. And I guess the line does kind of get hazy and blurry, um, especially in lots of instances where we quote-unquote cancel someone over a controversial matter that they've done, let's say, like, years ago, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, a long, long time ago. Sometimes um, when it comes to situations like that, there's not a real clear say of, like, how we should cancel this person or, like, mm-hmm. when we should cancel this person. Um, but then I guess in the end, it's just... like it's a case-to-case basis it also depends on like what issue they're being canceled over exactly so i guess it's like the case the the point that we're trying to make is that um you what we do and what we don't cancel people over is that you have to look at all of the facts of each and every case and then you have to kind of take it in take it all in as a big picture because uh, at the end of the day everyone has different opinions and different perspectives about how severe Mm -hmm. they might regard this case as to be because um, mm-hmm. you might hold, like, let's say a rape allegation and breaking quarantine rules, like, as, like, different si- different like different ends of a severity scale. So you have to really pick and choose what you cancel people over. Because if any rate, if, like, even with the smallest things and you cancel someone over it, that's, that just means that, like, everyone gets canceled at some point. Right. Yep. Alright, so going back to like the main question that we're about to answer is like what gives us the right to cancel someone? Mm-hmm. Um, from our discussion, I guess it definitely depends, right? It, it depends on what the situation is and I guess how big of a platform that this artist has. Yeah. Um, that also like leads us to, you know, various situations where it is actually, is it right to like cancel people? Because sometimes what people say, it, from what they argue, you know, it's, it's a freedom of speech. Um, what do you guys think about like that situation? Uh, yes, I think one of the main re- reason why it's very difficult for us to uh, to determine when do we have the right to cancel someone is the fact that every single human being actually have a free have their freedom of speech, which is actually outlined 
on Article 19 of the Universal Declaration for Human Rights, uh, which is mm-hmm. actually published by the United Nations, uh, in which right. it gives everyone the right to freedom of speech. And I think this could be applicable in the case of J.K. Rowling, because as stated previously when we describe her case, uh, is, that, is the fact that mm-hmm. I think we need to acknowledge that J.K. Rowling actually has her freedom of speech even though even though she's an artist who has this massive platform uh i think mm-hmm. if if we decided to cancel jk rowling uh just because of what she tweeted uh i think it's quite unfair for her because uh does that mean that like people like her who have a very big platform doesn't have their freedom of speech like the rest of us uh but we mm-hmm. can't really say that right however i think i think it's also true that uh The things that she tweeted may be hurtful to towards some community, and yeah. especially maybe like the trans community and perhaps other communities as well. That's sort of mentioned in her Twitter. Uh, I think, I think that's something that we could really discuss on like whether uh, does her tweets actually count as her freedom of speech. Or should we mm-hmm. like hold her into account for those tweets and cancel her yeah. so to speak? Right. So what do you guys think? Right. Um, it's for me. It's interesting how you brought up free speech actually, because um, if I'm not mistaken, like if if it's like about the whole J.K. Rowling situation, um, there was there was this one letter, and it was called the Le- a letter on justice and open debate, and it was basically this letter um, in attempt to sort of like decry or just. What's that word? Um, delegitimize is that word? Yeah, I guess. To sort of like delegitimize <laughs> <laughs> to sort of delegitimize cancel culture and its attacks on free speech, and it was signed by over one fifty writers, scholars, poets, journalists. You know, um, and those who signed included J.K. Rowling herself, and also this other like activist and linguist Noam Chomsky, and lots of other you know famous scholars. So I guess in a way. Um, we can see how towards like these writers these scholars they do feel as if it is an attack to free speech right um but then on on another hand i feel like it's sort of the situation also is also very com- um complex in a way where you know jk rowling herself isn't trans she's never you know she's she doesn't identify as trans yeah. so she can't technically reflect the trans community um in any way shape or form so yeah, yeah. Because honestly, for this free speech thing, um, this is, I feel like, if I'm not mistaken, this is like a repeat offense. And this is not the first time that J.K. Rowling has said something controversial about um, the LGBTQ plus community. And um, whatever opinions that she has about like her like LGBTQ plus, that's, that's her business. Whatever she wants to think, that's, that's really purely hers. But when she starts saying, when she starts using her platform and like s- saying hurtful mean 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 things to to people that uh that who who obviously admire her work that's that's i think where i take offense because um that's uh, i think the part of their talk is like what you said gab it's like is it's it's jk rowling sort of forcing a narrative of like how the trans experience should be even though she's not a part of that community and that's i feel like where the where Potterheads have really like drew, drew the line, mm-hmm. 
And that's why it's really a case-by-case -case thing. And it's like, it's not really something we should be uh, taking lightly as like, oh, but we're, um, but we're, but by canceling her, we're kind of silencing her and not giving her the right to her freedom of, of like expression mm. and speech. But the thing is, if like, we're cutting out her freedom of speech, then us canceling her is also us using our freedom of speech, if you get what I mean. Right. I, th I think there's some merit in what you're saying, definitely, like, actually a lot of <laughs> merits. Uh, but I think on, on the other hand, like, we also need to take a look at the facts that, uh, yeah, it's true, like, uh, maybe by, like, what you say, like, by canceling her, we're actually, like, using our freedom of speech to... We're like exercising our freedom of speech of doing such things, uh, but I think uh, I would just like to uh, counter the part where you said like uh, uh, we get it that J.K. Rowling may have these prejudices inside her, but uh, but what I guess, I guess what from what I'm taking from this is that uh, you you were saying that uh, it's not her place to use her platform, which is mm -hmm. very large. Uh, to spread the message of, mm -hmm. yeah, of like those tweets, uh, but on the other hand, I think it's worth noting as well, like the fact that, uh, like, how else do you would you like expect her to express her freedom of speech aside from using her platform? Because technically, in a way, like her platform is actually also like sort of like her place to express herself mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, makes sense. Like. And by by saying that uh, she shouldn't use that platform to spread her those comments towards other communities, uh, then I guess in a way we're actually taking away that plat. We're like saying that she's not supposed to use that platform to express herself. And yeah, I think that's something that's very difficult, especially because it's true. Perhaps like Harry Potter fans come from a wide variety of backgrounds like some of them are uh, maybe like conservative some of them are maybe more liberal or from w and from different mm -hmm. communities as well uh, but does that mean that by preventing her from saying the things that she said mm -hmm. using her platform does that mean that we're not allowing her to interact or engage with those people who have similar views I think like her I think what I was uh, saying I think just to clarify a bit I think what I was the point I was trying to make is that um, it's like, go ahead, use your platform, you know? It's big mm. and it's yours for a reason. You've kind of, like, let's say you've earned it, but um, yeah. but it's like, I think what I'm saying is that she should be more careful with her platform. Kind of like, you sh she should be more careful with what she's trying to spread as, like, the message, you know? Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Yes. So it's like, just before That's anyone me. kind of... Yep misses the point you right. know it's like well, it's not deplatforming her but making her responsible over the platform that she has right and i think this 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 ties on to something important that we actually like briefly touched on in the start of the podcast which is like defining cancel culture not only as i guess deplatforming people you know in terms of um in terms of their employment or their platform, but also for people like J.K. Rowling to take accountability for her actions. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she has such a large platform, um, and yeah, like what you said, it's it is it is offensive to you know people who identify as trans people within that community. So 
J.K. Rowling having such a large platform, um, being such an inspiration to so many, you know, people, um, I guess what people are trying to look for is accountability from her. Yeah. I think ultimately every single one of us are entitled to our freedom of speech in which we could express our thoughts and opinions to other people as well as like the internet. Uh, like what George Orwell once said, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Mm-hmm. And I think as much as this is true, it's also worth noting that our freedom of speech has its limitations as well, in which uh, when we say something, I think we need to really understand that our words and like the words that we say mm-hmm. may have consequences. And I think which is why before we say something, I think it's best for us to really take a look on whether what we're saying is actually offensive towards others and if so then I think it's best for us to keep our opinions to ourselves yep that's so true all right so all in all that's it for the first part of our talk on cancel culture thank you so much for listening to this episode Um, stick around next week for part two of our talk on cancel culture where we actually dive deeper into the discussion on whether cancel culture is toxic and whether we're actually able to cancel those who let's say, have passed away. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Bye.